and welcome to the All With You Podcast. Today is June 24th, 2023, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William Is Bill. What an exciting day, draft, all that good stuff. We're going to wrap up today, the draft. If you missed it somehow, it was June 22nd. It was incredible. It was long. It was full of trades, drama, all that type of stuff. So today on the All Rookie Podcast, we're going to do the 2023 NBA Draft recap. I'm going to give grades to teams on how they did. And, you know, if you watch the draft, you pretty much know what happened. But I'm going to go over the first three picks. That's where all the drama was. Really, number two and number three. Number one, if you've been sleeping under a rock, of course, Victor Wembanyama was traded, well, was drafted to the San Antonio Spurs. Long awaited, long overdue. They could have made this pick three months ago, but he finally goes to San Antonio. They get the guy they've been tanking for since they traded DeJounte Murray all as well. Number two is where the draft really started. There was reports that for about a week, the Hornets are drafting Brandon Miller. He's the front runner. They're going to draft him. Then right before the draft, Sam Sharania came out with reports. Scoot Henderson is trending toward the guy they're going to draft. He's pretty much going to be Scoot, going to be Scoot, going to be Scoot. So when everyone was tuned into the draft, it was questionable. And I wonder if this was done for ratings. Some say it was done to shift the betting line. But at the end of the day, Brandon Miller was selected second by the Charlotte Hornets. Much to the chagrin of a lot of Hornets fans, I'm wearing my Hornets colors right now because I'm in North Carolina. Everyone wanted Scoop. <laughs> but we ended up with Brandon Miller. We'll see what happens. He's a great talent. It should be fine. But it's going to be hard to look back on passing on Scoop. And that left the Blazers in a tremendous predicament because they have Damian Lillard. They have Anthony Simons. They don't need a point guard, but you cannot pass on Scoot Henderson. So they did take Scoot Henderson at number three. And it's going to be interesting to see what Dame does. I would love to see Dame and Scoot play, at least for a little bit, and see how that goes. Scoot is excited about it. He's going to learn from Dame. But if not, they'll trade Dame and be on a rebuild and have a very exciting young team. Now, I just want to cover that because that's where the draft really got interesting. You know, for the most part after that, teams uh, just pick what they wanted, who they felt was right for them. So let's go in alphabetical order as far as teams and give a draft recap. Now, I'm going to start with the Hawks because Atlanta Hawks, eh? Okay. (laughs) But the Hawks had the 15th pick in the draft and they selected Kobe Bufkin from Michigan. That was a great selection. You can't really say too much bad about that because at that point, I had Kobe Bufkin going eighth uh, to the Wizards. And so to get him at 15, that's great value. They really didn't need anything but a big, and there was no big to take at this point at 15. I had them mock to take Noah Clowney, and I thought that would have been a good fit. But when you have Kobe Bufkin on the board, you have to go ahead and take that shot. He fell into their lap. And then with the 39th pick, they ended up getting Muhammad Gay, the center from Washington State. Really big on Muhammad Gay. He's a really good talent. Averaged almost a double-double in college at Washington State. So, And he's a good shot blocker. He's going to be you know, a good backup center for them. If they trade Capella, he can be a backup to Onyeka Okongwu. Great selection. And then with the 46th pick, they selected Seth Lundy, 
I had Seth Lundy going undrafted, but a lot of scouters and evaluators were big on him. He is a great shooter, though, so it, it turns out that that's going to be worth the risk because normally three three guys drafted don't make the team anyway, so I'm not mad at them for selecting Seth Lundy with 46 pick. And so I have the Hawks with the A grade. They get a solid A. Um, you can't really complain anything at all about their picks. Next, the Celtics, they were trying to be the Patriots. <laughs> the Celtics selected, end up selecting Jordan Walsh with the 38th pick in the draft. And that was due to an array of trades. You know, they originally had pick 35. They made a trade, ended up getting pick 25. Then they moved back, and then they moved back, and they moved back, and they just kept getting second-round picks from moving back, and they ended up taking Jordan Walsh, the forward from Arkansas. He's really just a raw defensive prospect with long arms, long wingspan, great height, great defensive potential, but his offensive game is non-existent. I thought he should have went back to college, so to take him at 38 as a bit of a reach, and on the Celtics, where is he going to get minutes? Not really. Uh, I think they should have stayed at 25 and tried to get a point guard or uh, even a backup point guard. There were guards out there that they could have selected that would have helped them. And Jordan Walsh is not one of them. (laughs) So for me, the Celtics get a C. That was not a good use of what they had. They had the 25th pick. That's a player that could have been a starter or starter level for you. And you kept trading back to get a guy that's going to be a role player it's not going to play much for a team contending for a championship. It's always good to have long defensive players, but I mean, no, 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 shouldn't have did that. <laughs> Next, I have the Brooklyn Nets. They had three selections in this draft and they nailed it. They had one of my favorite drafts. With the 21st pick, they had Noah Clowney, who I, like I said, I had mocked going 15th. Noah Clowney from Alabama full of great potential to be a great power forward slash center in the league. If anyone shows you shades of Evan Mobley, shades of Chris Bosh uh, with the heat, it's Noah Clowney and you have to take that guy. So to get him at 21 and he's super young, great selection. And then they got my guy, a top 10 talent in this draft, in my opinion, Derek Whitehead from Duke. He's banged up. He was banged up during the season. He's out with surgery right now. He'll be, ready for the beginning of the season. But Derek Whitehead, if he's healthy, he could be a top six player in this draft. And they got him at 22. It's perfect for the Nets who have two selections. So you don't have to count on him. If he is banged up, if he will miss some time, if he will start slow because you have Noah Clowney and Derek Whitehead. So, I mean, Derek Whitehead was the perfect landing spot for the Nets. Awesome pick. Then at 51, they turned around and drafted Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson is a guy that I had going in the first round. Small four from Kansas and averaged 20 points per game. And you getting him at 51, even if he's going to be on your two-way contract, this is incredible value. The Nets have really helped themselves. Uh, You know, they're not going to win anything this year, but they are loading that team with talent. And they did not have that much talent, uh, you know, after all those trades. Right now, I'm super excited for the Nets' future, and they get an A++. Congratulations, Nets. Next, for the Hornets. The Hornets, mm, yeah. (laughs) They had four picks in this draft. Originally, they had five. 
They made some trades. They ended up with taking Brandon Miller at number two, like I mentioned earlier, for mainly for fit purposes. He's six nine. I mean, you it's hard to pass up on a six nine guy that can shoot the ball like he does over forty percent from three. So I understand it. But then, you know, okay, move on from that. Then they drafted Nick Smith Jr., you know, a guy that was projected to be a lottery pick, a top 10 pick coming into his college season. He was banged up during his college season, didn't play to his full capabilities, and that ended up having him fall to 27. Even with that year in college, people were saying he could go in the lottery. So as value-wise, that's a great value to get Nick Smith Jr. at 27. But if you look at it like this, Brandon Miller and Nick Smith were what they got. If they would have went with Scoot at two, they then could have gotten Bryce Sensabaugh at 27 or Leonard Miller at 27. Uh, so I don't know if that was the right choice to do because you still could have got the wing and Bryce Sensabaugh and then you would have had Scoot. And the difference between Brandon Miller and Bryce Sensabaugh is a lot smaller than the difference between Scoot Henderson and Nick Smith. So you can say it's hindsight, but all the Hornets fans knew they should have took Scoot anyway. But they ended up with option B, Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr., very talented players. We just all know that they could have had a little bit better. But then they helped fix that again with 31st selection, James Najee, the big man from Barcelona. He's raw, but he can jump out of the gym, dunk, block shots, rim run. A lot of people had him going in the first round. I was not as high on him as everyone else, but to be your third pick, that's great value. You can't hate on that. If he's your only pick in the first round, I think that's a terrible pick. He's their third pick. So you're getting an instant backup center to Mark Williams. Great value. And then at their 41st selection, they selected Amari Bailey from UCLA. He's going to probably be in the G League, but he has great potential. Uh, He's a great talent. Uh, he just needs to put it all together, and I think that was a great pick. They probably didn't need that pick, though. They could have traded it. But for the future, good young guard in Amari Bailey. So the Hornets got a solid B on that because they went with option B, so they get a B. Next is the Bulls. They did not have a pick coming into this draft, but they ended up trading into it for future seconds uh, from the Wizards. And they selected Julian Phillips with number 35. Julian Phillips, to me, uh, I think I had him as a guy barely to be drafted. Other scout evaluators had him as a first-rounder. So they got him at 35 early in the second round. If they think he can help their team, it's a good pick. For me, you're getting a kind of a raw athletic wing that is not great offensively. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you didn't give up much to get him, but there was other talent on the board that was better than Julian Phillips. And so for me, the Bulls get a B because they didn't have a pick at all, and they ended up getting 35, and it's a guy that people are high on. But the fact that you could have gotten Max Lewis, uh, even Ryan Rupert, <laughs> City Suzoko, Gigi Jackson, and you go with Julian Phillips, that you can't get an A for that. You gotta get a B in my opinion. And that's I mean, that's that's not a bad grade, uh, considering what they could have had, but that's what you get. B for the Bulls. Next, the Cavs had the 49th selection in this draft. When you have only one pick and it's 49, uh, you're not expected to do much. It's only 58 picks. 
they ended up taking the biggest swing in the draft and they nailed it. Uh, they, they, you, you know, I mean, Monty Bates is who they selected from Eastern Michigan, a guy that has top 15 talent in this draft, came out of high school as the num- one of the number one prospects, top five prospects, had a rough go in his first freshman year, transferred to Eastern Michigan, and he balled out. A lot of people think that he is a one-on-one player, a street ball type of player, not a team player, maybe all about himself. He will be able to prove that in the NBA. He's been humbled by this experience. He going 49 when he was supposed to go in the first round all his all his life. He's been famous since he was a teenage, like a young teenager. He's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was in high school. But to get him 6'9, that long uh arms, talent, uh offensive ability at 49 for the Cavs, and they could use a, a small four. Like he's in the vein of Brandon Ingram. Uh, if he develops, look out. He's going to be with Donovan Mitchell, get Darius Garland. They're going to help him reach his full potential. The Cavs get an A for that. That is a knock out of the park. Home run out of the park. Knock it, hit it out of the park. It's basketball. Anyway, next I have the Dallas Mavericks. They had pick 10, and they ended up trading back two spots and still ended up getting their guy. They wanted Derek Lively, the second from Duke. Um, He's really the only big man in consideration for the lottery, other than Wimbayama, obviously, in people's opinion. I am not big on Derek Lively. I feel like he's a second rounder from what he showed in college. So a lot of people are projecting because he averaged five points, five rebounds, two and a half blocks per game. That's not good. <laughs> like you can find that anywhere. You can find that in the G League. You can find that as a free agent. They're going to project that he can be their Tyson Chandler, I mean, for their team. I mean, that's it was a lot of other more highly talented players on the board for you to reach for a center, in my opinion. But that's the position they felt of need that they needed to get. They wanted to address it in the draft and not free agency. We will see if that's a mistake or not. I'm not high on it, but it is what it is. That center position is checked off the box for them. So that's what they went with. It's fine. And they got off of Dallas Bertan's contract in doing so with the same guy they would have picked at 10. So that's a positive. That kind of cancels out the fact that Derek Lively is not that great <laughs> a little bit. But then they also traded to get pick 24 from the Kings, and they didn't really give up anything to get that pick. They basically bought that pick from the Kings so the Kings would have cap space. And they ended up taking Olivier Maxence Prosper. Another prospect that I am not high on. Had him barely drafted in the second round. But he fits with the Mavs. The Mavs have a lot of holes in their roster, especially after Dorian Finney-Smith left. So they think he can come in. They think, they think Omax can come in and fill a role to help them defensively. I'm fine with it. It was just a lot better Office of talent on the board that they could have selected at 24. They basically, with this draft, they went the defensive route. And if that's what they feel they need, it's fine. For me, the Mavs, I'll give them an A minus because they came into this draft with pick 10 only. You end up getting, still getting Derek Lively, Omax Prosper, and getting off the Davis Bertans contract. So I'll give them an A minus. We'll see what they do in free agency. They helped their team. Uh, I didn't see them having two first-round picks, and they ended up getting them. The way they ended the season tanking, they almost had no first-round picks. 
but he ended up getting two. Solid job by the Mavs. Number, well, just next, is the Denver Nuggets. They had three picks in this draft, and they made a bunch of trades to get to this point because uh, they originally had pick 40, and I think that was it. They ended up getting 29, 32, and 37. With 29, they hit a home run with Julian Strother, the four from Gonzaga, offensively talented, great player, great shooter. Could have came out of the draft last year, decided to go back to Gonzaga to perfect his game even better. Still goes around the same area I projected him last year, but Julian Strother is a perfect fit for the Thunder. Great shooter, going to help the team. But then they kind of went a little awry with their next two picks. <laughs> they selected Jalen Pickett at 32. In my opinion, that was a reach. I had him going undrafted. You know, he's a gritty guard, um, good shooter, good all-around player. But, you know, in my opinion, he could, I wrote down in my notes, he could be the next Pat Bev. Uh, but, you know, he may have to take that time in the G League or overseas to develop and then be Pat Bev. Uh, the fortunate part is he's 6'4". So if he can come in with the Nuggets and work out, he get, it, it can work. You know, he had a 41-point um, game in college at Penn State. So he averaged 18.7 and a half boards, six and a half assists. His game was just a little bit iffy for me. He takes a lot of bad shots. He lacks separation. But you have a young guard with that defensive tenacity. And the and the Nuggets know what they're doing. I, I mean, you really can't say anything about the Nuggets negatively. They won the championship. They really don't need anything. So for them to take a shot on Jalen Pickett, that means they see something in him that will help their team. You know, Bruce Brown is going to be gone. He can be that replacement. So good. That's solid selection by the Nuggets. But there was a lot. There was a lot of talent still on the board for them to take Jalen Pickett at thirty-two. Next, they with the 37 pick, they selected Hunter Tyson from Clemson, had him going undrafted as well. He's a great three-point shooter, though, so that's what they drafted him for. He's a good rebounder, averaged almost 15 and 10 per game. He's a senior, so they got the veteran uh, college player to help them out. But again, at 37, there were much better prospects still on the board, but the Nuggets drafted for their team specifically they could care less who was on the board they had they keyed in on some guys they picked those guys and it's going to probably turn out well for them but they just could have gotten better talent or traded back so I give the Nuggets a C plus because I really only love the Julian Strother pick but Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson I'm sure will help their team next the Pistons with the fifth pick they shocked me by taking Osar Thompson from Overtime Elite because they could have went a number of directions with it. Most people were saying Cam Whitmore or Taylor Hendricks is what I was saying, but they went with Osar Thompson. They didn't really need a shooting guard. If they're going to put him at small forward, that's 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 good because you have Kay Cunningham and Jay Navi. Is Osar a small forward? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But we know he's a good defensive player. I thought five was a little high for him. I mean, I had him going out of the lottery. So we'll see if he works out. Is he going to be that much different than um, Hamadou Diallo? I don't know. We'll see. And at 25, you know, they had picked 31. They traded up to 25 to get Marcus Sasser. The point guard from Houston loved Marcus Sasser. He plays like Damian Lillard. 
I doubt they'll let him play like that in the NBA, but Marcus Sasser, I mean, great risk um, value at 25. He was my 20th, 19th ranked prospect. So I love Marcus Sasser. I just hope they let him play like I know he can. Uh, but, you know, clearly he's going to be in a backup role for Detroit because they have Kay Cunningham. But um, the reason I give the Pistons a B- minus is because they didn't draft. I mean, if if Osar is going to be a small forward, okay, you cover that. But they didn't really need Marcus Sasser as a backup point guard at 25. I think they need to address that power forward uh, position. They could have upgraded that with Taylor Hendricks and then went with a guard at 25. So I give the Pistons a B- minus because they did still get some talent, but uh, they still have holes on their team. They're probably tanking again next year. We'll see. But next we have the Warriors. Um, they drafted Brandon Podzimski at 19, the guard from Santa Clara. And that was really high for me. Uh, I think he was a borderline draft pick. <laughs> but most people had him in the first round, maybe in the 20s. They drafted him at 19. There were so many guys that the Warriors could have selected at 19 to help themselves. They could have drafted Cam Whitmore. We really need to know Cam Whitmore's medicals because he was the story of the draft after pick three. He was projected to go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way up to 20. And the Warriors had a chance to draft him. They didn't need him day one if he is injured. Uh, they passed on him. Passed on bigger prospects like Chris Murray, Noah Clowney, you know, a, a lot of guys to take Brandon Podziemski. Is he going to be the backup point guard? The reason this is not a great pick because you just traded for Chris Paul. You have Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Where does Brandon Podziemski come in? Is he going to be at a backup shooting guard? You did get rid of Jordan Poole, but do you think Brandon Podziemski is going to come in year one and be better than Jordan Poole? That's not going to happen. So the the pick to me was a little uh, baffling, and I didn't like it. <laughs> but they ended up somehow, some way, making up for all that with pick fifty seven of all picks, the second to last pick. They ended up getting Trace Jackson Davis, the four from Indiana, and to me, I had him uh, mocked at pick twenty seven, and they got him at fifty seven, thirty spots lower. Everyone was wondering why was he falling. Most people had him a borderline first rounder, early second rounder. He fell to 57. He averaged 20 and 10 in college. And so to get him, that is an incredible value. If Draymond leaves, I mean, Trace Jackson Davis will be getting actual minutes for this team, like for real. Trace Jackson Davis can play. He's not a freshman. He was a senior, so he's NBA ready. That was incredible value right there. And Trace Jackson tweeted during the draft, Y'all going to pay for this. And I believe him. Next, let's go to the Rockets. The Rockets had the fourth pick in the draft. One of the few mocks I got right, Amen Thompson, the dynamic guard from G- from the overtime elite. Incredible point guard. He is going to make this team very exciting. But most people figured that's who they would take. But then at pick 20, like I mentioned earlier, the guy they thought they could take at four the guy they thought might would go five ended up falling to them at 20, Cam Whitmore. That is incredible value. That is like unheard of. They basically had the fourth and fifth pick in this draft without having a fourth and fifth pick. They had the fourth pick and a 20th pick 
they were talking about trading one or both of these picks, but they ended up getting two possible starters out of them. So they're like, okay, we'll just keep them if y'all going to give us all the good players. <laughs> so, I mean, this is an A++ plus 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 draft for the Rockets. Incredible value. You have to love it. It's nothing negative you can say about it. Next, I have the Pacers on the board. And you want to talk about negative? I got a little bit for you. <laughs> with, with the number eight pick, they had seven. They traded back one with the Wizards and ended up getting a couple of second round picks from them. They select Jarris Walker, the power four from Houston. To me, he's undersized. So I don't, everyone's high on him. They think it's going to be great. I don't know about that. He's undersized. Taylor Hendricks is not undersized. That's who they should have went with. But everyone's infatuated with Jarris Walker. We'll see if it works out. At least he does have Miles Turner to back him up. Uh, but great. I mean, that you can't say too much bad about that pick. So great pick if that's what they want. Then at 26, they selected Ben Shepard uh, from Belmont. I love Ben Shepard. I was the first one. I mean, I didn't see anyone high on Ben Shepard until I mocked him around the 31 when I first saw his tape. Then after the combine, he rose up everyone's draft board. But to take Ben Shepard when you don't need a shooting guard at 26 was a little interesting to me. And, you know, you still had guys like Bryce Sensabaugh on the board. That would have been a perfect selection. Even Julian Strother, um, you know, Leonard Miller. It was a lot of good players on the board that would have fit their team better than a backup shooting guard, even though Ben Shepard is really, really, really good. But you just drafted Benedict Matherin last year, so that was a little confusing. The talent, yes. The position, you, there were other positions of talent you could have used that may have been even better talents than Ben Shepard, so that was weird. At 47, they selected Mojave King. Mojave King is just a solid guy. I had him going undrafted. I don't know why they felt the need to draft him at 47. I mean, he probably was ranked 80th on my board. He's 6'5", uh, 24% from three. I mean, why, why would you? I don't know. At 47, that was not a good pick. Let me tell you who went after him. Imani Bates at 49. So why would you take? Mojave King over Imani Bates, um, you know, Jordan Miller, Keontae Johnson, Jalen Wilson. It was a lot of guys better than him that went after him. So that was weird. And then at 55, they selected Isaiah Wong. Not a bad pick. It's fine. But, I mean, it could have Trace Jackson Davis. And once again, that's another shooting guard. They selected three shooting guards. What are you doing? <laughs> It was a pretty bad draft selection by the Pacers. And, you know, even though the first two guys are considered top talents, but it was just weird. So the Pacers, for me, get a C. Next, you have the Clippers. They selected Kobe Brown at 30 and Jordan Miller at 48. Uh, I had Kobe Brown around 38, Frank Prospect. Good, solid player. Again, though, there were players... Uh, on the board that fell that probably should have went ahead of him but he's a great shooter great scorer uh, a little bit undersized for what he does but I compared him to David Roddy David Roddy went in the first round Kobe Brown is a little bit better than David Roddy so to go in the first round it's only right they could have used a point guard I thought but you know they went with a, a a small forward that can shoot it up pretty well I mean he's one of the best shooters in the class so 
Not too bad. And at 48, Jordan Miller, big on Jordan Miller, really good young guard from Miami, senior. He can do it all. Um, so that was great. But the only thing is they just didn't get a point guard. So I was a little disappointed in that. But it's still a B-minus draft because the talent is there. Next, the Lakers, the team everyone wants to hear about. The Lakers selected at 17, Jalen Hood Shafino. It was possible that they could have took Cam Whitmore too. I don't know why they didn't. Just considering if he was projected by everyone to be top six guaranteed and the Lakers don't have to rush anyone on the court or play any rookie big minutes, that would have been a pretty solid pick. But they went with Jalen Hushapino, who I love as well. Young point guard slash combo guard. It's going to be interesting if he plays the point for them. And it's just going to be interesting with any rookies on the Lakers because they have LeBron. They have Anthony Davis. They're ready to win right now. Are you going to have Jalen Hushapino come in, run the point for you guys to try to win a championship in year one? You know, Austin Reeves took a year, a year and a half, two years, you know, uh, to fully become himself. So would Jalen Hushapino be able to do that in year one? That's the only question. But the talent was there. Uh, great pick. It's just. The Lakers are always looking for veterans. So we'll see what happens because they're starting to gather a lot of young talent. So it's going to be interesting. And then speaking of young talent that they're acquiring, they had the 47th pick. They traded up to get 40, and that paid off for them. They did that before the draft, and it paid off because somehow Maxwell Lewis fell to 40th in this draft pick, a guy most people had ranked 25 to 30, 24 to 30 in this draft. He fell to 40. Great young guard slash forward out of Pepperdine, elite talent, uh, incredible value at 40 for the Lakers. He instantly comes in, um, and he's probably better than Lonnie Walker. I mean, at this point, if Austin Reeves leaves, you have so much talent. You have Max Christie from last year, Maxwell Lewis, Scottie Pippen Jr., Jalen Hushafino. I mean, it's almost as if this team is going to go into a Wizards-like rebuild, (laughs) Is LeBron and Anthony Davis out of the door? I don't know. But this team's setting themselves up for a really exciting future. They get an A++++ for the Lakers with Jalen Hushapino and Maxwell Lewis, in my opinion, especially where they got them. Next, the Grizzlies had picked 25, traded out of that. I thought that was a mistake, but... They ended up still getting a guy that was ranked higher than 25th and getting Gigi Jackson from South Carolina. It was insane uh, that he fell to 45. There was no reason for that. He came into the college season a year, pretty much a year early. He really should have been going to college this year, and he still played great, averaging like 15 and 8 for South Carolina. He didn't have the greatest year. But he still played great and showed what he can do. He was my 16th-ranked prospect. To get him at 45 is insane. The Grizzlies didn't probably weren't even considering him. But they're like, okay, I mean, he's here. We have to take him. So great value there. And then they drafted at 56. The only player that I did not know of was Tariq Bivarovich from Fenerbahce Beko. I don't know where that is. (laughs) I don't know who that is. But he will reportedly be stashed. So, I mean, really was no point even making that pick. But there still were players on the board that they should have selected over him, like Trace Jackson Davis, Adama Sanogo, they could have selected. So, 
for that reason, they get an A, not an A plus plus. But you know, it is what it is. It's crazy that Gigi Jackson fell to forty five though. That was insane. Next, the Heat selected Jaime Jaquez at eighteen. To me, that's a bad selection. Um, you're basically taking a role player at eighteen when you had dynamic players on the board. And Jimmy Butler needs some scoring help. You could have drafted Derek Whitehead. You could have drafted Bryce Sensabaugh, uh, a shooter, and Julian Strawler. Um, you know, freaking Cam Whitmore. <laughs> you know, get him some uh, height with Noah Clowney. There were so many guys you could have selected, but to take another role player, I mean, what? what's the point of this? I don't understand. And if you don't know about how many hotkeys you think – well, everyone's been talking about he's great, you know. Why why do you not like Jaime Hawkins? He's like I said, he's just a solid role player. Let me read you my stats on him uh real quick. All right, and then close them out. But here we go. He's six foot seven. <clears throat> Let me see. Almost lost it. Here we go. Wrong page. Okay. But anyway, he's just a solid player, and he's not even a great shooter. So, to me, bad pick by the Heat. Um, not a great shooter. Not fast. Doesn't beat anyone off the dribble. He's just basically a lesser Caleb Martin, and you already have that. So, they could have used an upgraded point guard and a scoring position and a big man position, and they just got something that they didn't even need at Jaime Hotquist. And I dislike him even more because he made me not be able to find what I wrote on him pre-draft. So anyway, going next to the Milwaukee Bucks. But um, yeah, the Heat got a C- minus for that one. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, only had pick 58 in this draft, but they ended up trading up to get pick 36 in addition to 58. With the 36 pick, they selected Andre Jackson, the shooting guard from UConn. People love Andre Jackson with his athleticism all that good stuff. To me, he was barely draftable. Um, not that great of a talent. It was a lot of guys on the um, board that they should have selected over him, but they wanted Andre Jackson. They got Andre Jackson <laughs> at 38. I don't see how he'll get minutes on the books, so it seems like a wasted pick. And like I said, much better prospects that they could have used on the board at 36. Um, the Bucks. Let's see. After him, Muhammad Gay. They need a center. Maxwell Lewis is better than Andre Jackson. They passed on him. Could have got Amari Bailey, Tristan Vucevic, Ryan Rupert, City Sizoko, Gigi Jackson. So I mean, so many better guys than Andre Jackson at 36. That was just a bad pick, in my opinion. And at 58, they selected Chris Livingston. He should have been undrafted, but he had a promise from some team. I don't know if the team just did not fulfill that promise. Or what? But why would you stop doing workouts because you have a promise and get selected at 58? So either that team lied or it was the Bucks and he just really wanted to go to the Bucks. But that was weird. Uh, but he's not the 58th best prospect in his draft. But, I mean, it's the last pick, so it's not that big of a deal. But the Bucks get a D- minus for me because of all the talent they passed on to take Andre Jackson, who – won't play really next the minnesota timberwolves they only had the 53rd pick in this draft they traded in to get the 33rd selection 
and they ended up getting Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite. That was an incredible value. Leonard Miller, he was I had him going 12th. He was around my 12th ranked prospect in his class, and he went 33rd. And that's a great landing spot with the Timberwolves. He won't be forced to do everything or even start, so he'll be able to develop a little bit there. And when he's ready, look out, because he improved so much from last year to this year. His trajectory is only up from here. And to basically get him for nothing, that is incredible value. At 53, they selected Jalen Clark from UCLA. Uh, I wasn't big on him. I thought he was a guy that did not need to be drafted, 6'5", average 13 and 6. But he tore his Achilles in March. So he's going to be out all year anyway. Like, he's pretty good, pretty good shooter. Can do some things, but he was a borderline draftable player before tearing his Achilles, and then he tore his Achilles. So why take him at 53? But that's who they wanted. Oh, well, but it was other guys on the board better than him at 53. So the Timberwolves ended up getting an A just for getting Leonard Miller because that was incredible value right there. Next, the Pelicans selected Jordan Hawkins at 14. Uh, They, you know, they interviewed Trey Murphy before the pick and they were like what do you want you guys to draft and he said shooting they got shooting with Jordan Hawkins so um, Trey Murphy and Jordan Hawkins on the team with the threes that's going to be very helpful that's what they needed for the most part there were guys that were a little better than him but they went for a need as opposed to like just a talent because this team and the Pelicans are trying to go to the playoffs and win the championship. They're not looking for a guy that can develop into being an all-star. So Jordan Hawkins, solid pick. I give him an A minus because there were some studs on the board (laughs) and they went with Jordan Hawkins, but you can't be too mad. I had him going like 17. So to get him at 14, solid pick. Next, the Knicks did not have a selection, did not trade into this draft. They stayed pat. So moving on to the Thunder. Thunder, pretty weird draft for me. They had the 12th pick, traded up to number 10, took on salary, and selected another point guard in Kaysom Wallace. Why? I don't know. Kaysom Wallace probably would have been there at 12. Um, but, you know, they like his defense. They like his point guard ability. Uh, he's solid. Kaysom Wallace is just solid. There's so many players that were better than him. He probably was the 26th ranked prospect in this class, in my opinion. But everyone else thought he was a lottery guy. But if he is a lottery guy, why are you drafting him as a backup? You have Josh Giddy, You have Shane Gilders-Alexander. You have Trey Mann. You even have Jared Butler from last year, who was a highly talented prospect as well. You did not need a point guard. You have no real center to play beside Chet Holmgren and you take Kaysom Wallace. That was weird to me, but they're going to be running a weird lineup or make some other type of trade. That's the thunder for you. They have a lot of picks, so if they, in, you know, just in the future, so if they miss one, I guess it's not that important to them. But everyone loves the Kaysom Wallace piss, pick. <laughs> I do not. But they also had the 50th pick in the draft. They took Keontae Johnson. That's a good, solid pick for them. Uh, he'll be a solid role player for them good shooter, good size from Kansas State. And at 50, you know, he'll be in the G League for the most part anyway, but he was worthy of getting drafted. Uh, But the Thunder ended up getting a D minus for me because why? I mean, you really didn't have to take Keontae Johnson either at 50, but 
that just they, they kind of dropped the ball to me, especially with trading up and giving up a pick and taking on salary to take a point guard, which you didn't need. Nah, 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 nah. Next, the Magic. The Magic selected was pick six, six and 11. They selected Anthony Black, point guard from Arkansas. People had him going anywhere from four to six to eight. The Magic get him at six. They didn't really need a point guard because they had Markel Fultz. But I guess this is the cue for Markel Fultz to start preparing to live elsewhere. <laughs> They're going with the youth movement. And Markel Fultz is not old, but he's probably like 27, 26. And they're going to have a bunch of 20-year-olds in there. And Anthony Black is going to be the point guard of the future, I'm assuming. Um, So, solid pick. I don't know how he'll work as a full-time point guard. He doesn't have the pace of a full-time point guard. But, you know, Luka does it at a slow pace. So, who knows? And he's going to have a lot of backup with all that talent around him in Orlando. So, he'll be fine there. And then at 11, they selected Jed Howard from Michigan. A lot of people didn't like that pick. To me, Jay Howard is a 12th-ranked player in this in this draft. He plays just like Carmelo Anthony on offense. So why would you hate that pick? Uh, I wish they would have taken Keontae George. I mean, if I was them, I would have took Keontae George because they really need a shooting guard. But, I mean, I guess they're going to stick with Jalen Suggs, and Jay Howard's going to be probably the sixth man. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I think that's a solid pick to get Jay Howard at – uh, 11 and they felt they needed a small for it more than a shooting guard so the magic get a b plus they, that's two talented players right there can't hate on that the 76ers did not have a draft pick did not trade in they did sign a hell of a lot of free agents though undrafted free agents and i will be doing a free agent show with the signings of undrafted rookies uh probably sunday or monday so so stay tuned for that but next, the Phoenix Suns selected Tumani Kamara at 52. I felt like that was a wasted pick. Let me tell you a little about T- Tumani uh, Kamara. Solid player. 6'8 from Dayton. Love the size. But he averaged 14 and 8 uh, with one steal in the block per game. He shot 36% from three, so that's pretty solid. That's my description of him. He's a solid player. He posts up a lot. Has a nice little baby hook, but I don't know if that'll work in the NBA since he's six eight, um, you know, and he's only two twenty. So you're not really going to be playing the post that two twenty, and you know he's trying to play the role of a power forward. But in the NBA, he'll be a small forward, so he can shoot it, but he's not good enough to make it in the NBA. And that's who they went with at fifty two. And Phoenix really needs to nail their draft selections because they have no bench. After the trades uh, they've made to get Bradley Beal. So after Tumani Kamara was selected, um, you know, Isaiah Wong was selected. Trace Jackson Davis was selected. You know, guys like Terquavion Smith was not even drafted. A lot of talent. Adama Sanogo was not drafted. So much talent went after Tumani Kamara. That was not a good selection in my eyes. And that left the Suns with a D grade. Uh, he could he could do some things for them, but they probably should have tried to acquire extra picks because it didn't take much to get some of these picks. But I guess they have no money and no picks to trade, so maybe that's, they couldn't do that. But uh, Tamani Kamar, he could work out, but they were just better options for the Suns. Next, the Blazers ended up with the you know pick of a lifetime with Scoot Henderson falling in their lap at number three. 
I mean, everything that's been said about it has needed to be said. Great selection. Future franchise point guard. At 23, they selected Chris Murray. Solid, solid selection right there. They could have went a number of other ways at power four, but they kind of went with the safe route at Chris Murray. I don't know if he's even a small power four. He's probably a three, four, but he's not going to light anything on fire. He's just going to be solid. He's the type of guy you want for a playoff team. And, you know, I would have went with other options, but it's a solid pick. You know, I can't hate on it. Um, But, you know, after uh, Chris, Chris Murray was selected, you know, you had like guys like Bryson Sabal, Kobe Brown, James Najee, Leonard Miller, Gigi Jackson, guys like that were still on the board. But they selected Chris Murray. I think it'll be a solid pick. Then at 43, they went for the risk-reward selection with Ryan Rupert from the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, just a raw, moldy piece of clay that they need to work out. Uh, long, rangy, but just super raw. And to be your third selection, that's great. But a lot of people were saying he should be top 20 pick. No. And and I'm glad that worked out because that's going to be better for Ryan Rupert that he's not coming into a team so expected to be great because he's not ready yet. So that's a good risk. So they got the home run in scoop. They got the safe player in Chris Murray. Then they got the swing for the fences with Ryan Rupert. That leads for me the Blazers to get an A grade on their draft. Next, for me, the Kings are on the board. They had picked 24, and they traded out of it um, to end up having more money uh, to sign a free agent. Most people are thinking that is Draymond, uh, Draymond Green that they want. So I hate when teams do that, though. Don't give up a first-round pick for money, like, to save money. I don't, I don't like when teams do that. I remember the Knicks got rid of Christoph Porzingis for money. Uh, it's been it's happened a lot of times. And then they expect to sign a free agent, and then the free agent doesn't come. And then you're just stuck with the money and not the player. <laughs> and then you just have to spend that money on players that don't deserve it. We'll see what happens with the Kings. They probably thought no one could come in and help their team right now because they're in the thick of the things at the playoffs. Uh, but... They ended up uh, still getting picked 34 from the Celtics. And with that, they ended up getting a prospect that a lot of people thought could have went at 24. So they kind of redeemed themselves getting Colby Jones. That's a solid selection right there, the the guard from Xavier. Uh, I think he'll be a good backup for the Kings at 34. That was great value. That was well worth the selection. And then at 54, they went with Jalen Slauson. Uh, Ford from a small school, very talented. Um, you can't really hate on him at all. So I think that was a pretty good selection. And I think that the King, I mean, he won't play for the team. You know, he's really good. He He's one of the guys I found late in the process. But um, we need to see him against better competition. But Jalen Slauson is talented, so I can't hate on that too much. So for the Kings, for me, they get a B. Because they almost blew it, but then they saved it with Kobe Jones. And then they took a guy with a lot of talent in Jalen Slauson. I, I don't think he'll play for the team at all, but two solid players. Next, the Spurs, who had the first pick in the draft. We talked about them getting Victor Wimbayama. Of course, that's who they've always wanted. <laughs> that's who everyone this year wanted. They ended up getting them at number one. They secured the big man for their franchise. 
I think they need a center to go along with them. It disappointed me at 33 they traded out of that pick. You know, we just talked about Kobe Jones. I had him mocked to go 33rd to the Spurs to help out Victor Wembanyama, an extra guard to get on the ball, shoot off of him and all that good stuff. But they traded out of it, which was bad. So I'm like, I don't know. You just ruined your draft. But then guess what? At pick 44, City Suzuko fell to the Spurs. That was ridiculous. I I had him going 23rd or so. Yeah, 23rd to the Blazers. He's a top 25 talent, went 44th. He's a Frenchman that played in the G League Ignite. So you have Victor and City, both Frenchmen, both incredible talents going to the Spurs. A plus, plus, plus incredible draft right there. Next, the Raptors had the 13th selection. They ended up going with Grady Dick. That was an interesting selection. Um, a lot of people were upset saying, uh, you know, it was weird that the Magic took Jet Howard over Grady Dick. But, I mean, it's fine. Those two were close, in my opinion. But the interesting thing is the Raptors didn't go with a guard like Kobe Bufkin or Keontae George, in my opinion, or even Jalen Hushafino. They did need shooting, but they also need a point guard if Fred Van Vliet is not back with this team. But a lot of people think Scotty Barnes is going to be that point guard. So Grady Dick is the shooting that they need because they have a lot of long rangey athletes, but not necessarily knockdown shooters, except for Gary Trent. So Grady Dick could be a great selection for them. His suit was horrendous though, but no, but the uh, Raptors end up getting a B minus from me. Good. It's good. Solid pick. Next, the Utah Jazz ended up with the ninth pick, 16th pick and 28th pick. There were thoughts that they may trade one, trade up, trade down. They ended up staying pat. At the ninth selection, they selected Taylor Hendricks, my fifth-ranked prospect. Great value there. People are wondering, you know, they have Laurie Marketing, Walker Kessler. How will Taylor Hendricks fit? He'll fit in there. They, You know, Laurie Marketing can play the three or four. Ah, three or four, so it'll be fine. Um, great selection there, great value there. They probably jumped in front of the Mavericks and stole their guy by getting Taylor Hendricks. But at this point, the Jazz need to take the best talent available. That's what they did. And at 16, incredible, incredible, incredible value. They got Keontae George. As recently as days before the draft, he had moved up to my big board to six. And I had him projected to go to the Magic at six. Keontae George is very similar to Donovan Mitchell. And look who selected him, the Utah Jazz. They have their Donovan Mitchell's replacement. Not to put a lot of pressure on Keontae George, but he does play very much like him. He's taller than him. Uh, I think he has the perfect team to go out there and get buckets. That's going to be fun, Keontae George in Utah. And next we have Bryce Sensabaugh at 28. So, I mean, they got three home run hits right here. Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, Bryce Sensabaugh. Bryce Sensabaugh was my 11th ranked prospect. So they got my fifth, sixth, and 11th ranked prospects in this draft at 9, 16, and 28. That's an A plus, 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 plus. Incredible draft. And this is a team that needed all the players. They got all the players. This is better to me than them just getting pick one. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably pick one, but like say they had pick three only. 
this is much better for a Utah Jazz team that's rebuilding. You're getting three studs here. Incredible value for Utah Jazz. And last but not least, the Washington Wizards selected Bilal Kulabali at number seven. They traded up from eight to seven to make sure that they got him. Interesting. I don't think they needed to do that. They must have really wanted this guy, but I don't know if this is the type of guy that's like, I need to trade up for. If I don't get him, my franchise is doomed. Uh, he's a good, solid talent with a great wings. And, uh, but it, he was not the seventh best player in this draft. So, but that's what they wanted. We'll see what happens, how he fits in. They still don't really have a go to guy on offense except for Jordan Poole. So if they want Bilal to be like a compliment to him, a defensive player with him, that's fine. But Bilal can score as well too. But there were other guys. They, sh- If anything, they should have traded down to get more talent. But Bilal is a solid selection for the Wizards. And But then at 42, I love their selection of Tristan Vucevic, uh, the center from Serbia. He plays a little too perimeter oriented for me to be ranked uh, in the first round. He needs to get his butt in the paint a little bit more. But Tristan Vucevic can be a really nice player uh, in this league. He is a great shooter, great three-point shooter. And, you know, he has all the potential to do a lot of good things. You know, he kind of reminds me of a guy with a similar name, uh, Nikolai Vucevic. That Vucevic plays more in the paint. If Tristan can work with him or just pattern his game after him, he could develop into a really good center or power forward for this team. You know, it's ironic they replaced Christoph Porzingis with another international big that can shoot and do a lot of things offensively. So the Wizards ended up turning out this thing pretty well. Like I said, getting Jordan Poole, uh, if you didn't hear that, Jordan Poole was traded for Chris Paul uh, before the draft, and that moved a lot of pieces around, ended up getting the Wizards, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins, who were in last year's draft who are highly touted. So the Wizards have done some roster reconstructioning that have helped their team a lot. And I like the direction they're going. They're just really young right now. At first, I was like, the Wizards should just be (laughs) dismantled. (laughs) But they're turning it around. So that was a draft recap. Let me go over the draft winners one more time. The Hawks killed it. The Nets, the Cavs, the Mavs, the Rockets. Um, the Lakers, the Grizz, the Timberwolves, Blazers, Spurs, Jazz, all A grades, incredible draft selections. But then on the other side of the handle, you know, you have the draft losers. And that is the Celtics, Nuggets, Pacers, Heat, Bucks, Thunder, and the Suns. And the Nuggets can easily maneuver themselves out of that loser position because they pick guys I think that will really help them. But everyone else, it was risky for me, dog. It's It was pitchy for me, dog. <laughs> but that wraps up the 2023 NBA Draft. Like I said, next episode, I'm going to be coming back with your signings of your undrafted free agents. I'm going to try to get in my guy, JC DeLeon from the Lakers, uh, Sports Ethos Lakers. We're going to talk about his Lakers. Get some other guests on for you guys. Talk about uh, all the fits and everything with these prospects. It's not over. Just because the draft's over, it's not over. You know, we can't be down on these guys anymore because they were drafted too high or too low. Now it's about the team they're on, how they're going to fit. So until next time, subscribe, follow me on Twitter at William S. Bill. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace.